It's Thanksgiving today in the United States. Let's hope it doesn't turn out to be a super spreader event. But in the last day of trade before the roast turkey, markets were fairly calm with a move back to tech and the Dow pulling back from its all-time high. Why? Well, the numbers out of the U.S. weren't too great, and that includes some disturbing COVID numbers. Rishi Sunak says the U.K. is going through the worst downturn in 300 years, and Brexit, still no word. In fact, he didn't even mention it. Plus, what's to come out of the FOMC minutes? Well, we've got them, hot off the press. It's Thursday, the 26th of November, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, another slight fall in the US dollar. It's down about 0.3% on the DXY. Not much movement in the Aussie dollar, but the Kiwi dollar is up 0.4% this morning. The pound is up 0.2% and the euro are almost as much. The Dow didn't stay over 3,000 for long. It's down 0.5% this morning, 0.2% down for the S&P 500. But the Nasdaq is up a third of 1%. Yes, tech stocks are back in favour. In Europe, the FTSE 100 is down 0.6%. The Eurostoxx 50 is up 0.1%. So maybe this isn't all going to reflect too well on the ASX, which closed 0.6% up yesterday. Not much bond movement. Yields are down a little. Oil is still flying high. Another 2.6% for WTI, over $46 now, and back to where it was in early March before things started to go wrong. So let's see what today brings with uh, Ray Attrell, head of FX strategy at NAB in Sydney. So markets have uh, pulled back a little, haven't they, uh, overnight on the uh, on the back of that the, the data, which hasn't been that good, including jobless claims from the United States, rising sharply for for a second week in a row, up by 778,000 last week. That's not good news. No, it's not. Good morning, Phil. And um, I think from a market perspective, obviously, we're heading into the US Thanksgiving holiday. So um, not surprising that we're seeing relatively subdued markets after the you know, the, the big moves that we had yesterday, and obviously that Dow Jones topping 30,000, which, which captured the headlines. But um, yes, we've had a whole raft of um, US numbers um, out overnight. And I think the sort of broad message there is that, um, you know, on the spending side, um, you know, households are still pretty cashed up from the various um, support mechanisms and the big rise in employment that we got in October. But then you look at uh, the jobless claims numbers, as you say, 778,000. That's the second weekly rise there. And let's remember during the GFC, um, unemployment claims never had more than a, a, a six um, a six in front of them. And here we are um, with a trend rise. So that tells us with almost absolute certainty, unfortunately, that um, the good news on the labor market, um, if it doesn't, uh, doesn't end in the November numbers, is certainly going to end in the December numbers. And then when I look at something like um, personal income, for example, personal income's down 0.7% on the month in October. That was a much weaker uh, number than expected. But yet you look at personal consumption expenditure up 0.5% stronger than expected. So um, that's really telling you that uh, people are able to draw on their savings. Um, but again, that's uh, with, with the expiry of, of many of these benefit programs um, at the end of the year, um, you know, that can't last either. So it all points to you know, the crying need for um you know, for some more fiscal support. But as one of the wags that uh, we like to follow in the market says, obviously, Congress has got better things to do just at the moment, hasn't it? And, uh... <laughs> really? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and look, you know, it's all about confidence as well. And we look at the uh, those Michigan consumer expectations down from 79.2 to 70.5. So that wasn't good either. And it means, you know, if the Congress is not doing anything, it all falls to the Fed. So what about uh, the uh, hot off the press, the uh, the minutes of the last FOMC meeting? What was that telling us? Well, yeah, hot off the press 
press. So just uh, in, the, in the process of digesting them, but I think the key message is that uh, many FOMC members, um, you know, were talking about tweaks to their or tweaks not being the word, but how they could alter their asset purchase program. Um, and obviously, we've had a lot of rhetoric out of the Fed saying that uh, if they were to do anything, it would most likely be sort of shifting um, where they they concentrate their purchases potentially more towards the longer end of the curve, which would have the effect of maybe depressing those sort of ten year yields and beyond. And if I look at the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield, it's fallen by about a, a one and a half basis points so far, and the U.S. dollar is marginally weaker. So um, I think that the market's take on this will it will be that it probably sets the market sets the market up to expect exactly such a tweak out of the December meeting. Yeah, but we were expecting this. This focus on. Uh on, on buying at the, the long end. Well, we? we were, but it, uh, the question was, uh, would it come as early as the December meeting and would they hold off until mm. next year and wait and see what happens with fiscal support, etc.? Yeah. The, the latter's not happening uh, and the, the use of many in, in the language is, is usually a code word for something happening sooner rather than later. So I think that's why right. the markets uh, responded the way that it has. Okay. So I wonder whether also some of the, uh, the, the the pessimism we're seeing in the markets, I mean, it's obviously those COVID numbers, and perhaps it's no coincidence that, um, you know, uh, the uh, the day before yesterday on Wednesday, Tuesday, I should say, in the United States, 2,194 2, people died. That is the highest figure since May. And, you know, this big fear. Uh, Thanksgiving becomes a super spreader event. I have to say there's no discernible increase in aircraft movements. I'm looking at flight radar, so maybe people are staying at home more. But, uh, you know, there's a potential between that and Christmas. That, you know, those numbers could get worse, couldn't they? And I wonder whether that's being factored into the into the markets, uh, you know, as to what's going to happen over the next month or so. Well, no, I mean, that's what we've been talking about for, for the last week, isn't it? It's this interplay between, you know, what could mm. be, you know, what has been, you know, deteriorating um, COVID statistics against the, the sunny uplands of 2021 that uh, that await us with the mass rollout of the vaccine. But yes, just looking at some of the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the state figures. Um, California recorded the um, I think the highest number of uh, of deaths since uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. We've had record daily case numbers in Texas. I think Alberta has declared uh, a state of emergency overnight. So uh, as you say, if, if you look at the figures broadly, there's some signs that they might be starting to. Uh, you know, the curve might be just starting to flatten out a little bit. But as you say, um, is that going to survive Thanksgiving? And we know that a lot of people, you know, are sort of defying the uh, the advice that they should stay at home. But uh, as you say, maybe it won't yeah. be um, if aircraft tra- traffic is not uh, it's not accelerating, then it might not be um, an absolute disaster. But it's, it's hard not to believe that we will see some kind of pickup isn't it, after the uh, thanksgiving weekend yeah well maybe hopefully people are staying at home with smaller turkeys there was a business opportunity twice as many turkeys but much smaller for people eating by themselves uh, rishi sunak has been giving the uh, the uk spending review earlier on today uh he said the uk gdp is going to fall by 11.3 percent this year which is pretty much what the uh, bang on what the bank of england has been forecasting it's the, the biggest fall in their economy for 300 years uk borrowing is going to reach 394 billion pounds but, you know, the interest rate is 0.1%. So, you know, if, uh, maybe that helps. Um, and uh, look, he's, 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 he's not going to push taxes up in a hurry either. I guess that's the main thing. Well, the interesting thing is he didn't mention the word Brexit once, uh, even though the European Commission President von der Leyen has said today that the next few days 
are going to be decisive for the trade negotiations. No <clears throat> Sherlock on that one, I think. <laughs> no, absolutely. But uh, as I say, no, uh, you know, no hard good news there. But uh, if you look mm. at the markets, look at the uh, the dollar sterling exchange rate. Um, you know, still well above one point three three, uh, one thirty three eighty. I think this morning up another zero point two percent. All but we've got a slightly softer US dollar. So it tells you that uh, you know, despite the warnings from uh, the EU Commissioner, that there is still you know a big job of work to be done on all the sort of thorny aspects of yeah. uh, you know level playing field enforcement and fishing rights. Um, you know, the markets still believe that uh, more likely than not, we are going to get some good news. And um, say, so looking at the level of the pound, what you'd have to say is that the upside from positive news, there will be some of that, I've no doubt. But um, you know, it, we're almost at the point now where we're sort of at that sort of one thirty-five plus level that we were saying would be where we'd get to on positive news. And we haven't had that news yet. Mm. So it also tells you just how much downside there is. If, yeah, uh, if absolutely. Falls in a heat Maybe not much upside, but plenty of downside. Yeah. <laughs> now, look, oil is up again today. Uh, the EIA numbers uh, showed that there was a drawdown <coughs> in inventory. So that perhaps will have done it. But also today, ExxonMobil uh, revised their expectations for oil. Uh, there was a piece in the Wall Street Journal saying they expect Brent is going to average between 50 and $55 for the next uh, seven years. Last year, they were forecasting it was going to get up to $72 by 2026. So a massive write down for them. And uh, we know it's happening for other oil companies as well. So this is another example, isn't it? Short term, short term optimism, but a bit more of a long term reality. Well, yes and no, in the sense that if, you know, if oil is going to be trading up at between $50 and $60, for example, and, and talking to our uh, commodities guru um, yesterday, he thinks that that's not unrealistic. And it really is the, the improved medium medium-term demand outlook on the back of what a vaccine means in terms of economic reopening that's really been the principal driver of this move from, uh, you know, from below 40 to where we're up in the sort of mid-40s now and and the prospect of that rising further. And, you know, I guess one point to note there is that the U.S. shale oil um, producers, you know, if we're up at at $45, they become, you know, cash positive at that basis. So in in turn tells you that there are limits to how much oil prices can rise because as more shale oil comes back online, that will, uh, that will naturally, you know, add more supply into the market. The other key thing is is whether or not the OPEC plus um, cartel do agree to, uh, to extend their, their production cutbacks or whether they think that in the face of uh, improved demand characteristics, they might, um, you know, they might return to, uh, to earlier production levels sooner. Obviously, if that were to happen, um, that would also put a cap on oil prices. So, um, you know, in general, I think this is, you know, this is a, a sort of a good news story for oil producers and, um, you know, maybe not a good news story for consumers if oil's back at $60 next year. But, mm. um, but overall, just symptomatic of the market taking a much more optimistic view of what the demand side of the oil market will look like next now, year. There's not much happening in the United States today, obviously, apart from eating uh, socially isolated roast turkey. Uh, but uh, in New Zealand, we get trade numbers today. Uh, incidentally, what's, what's with the Kiwi dollar? It's up uh, 6% month to date, uh, up another, what, 0.4, 0.5% today. What's happening there? Well, this is still already, you know, reflected... Um, reflected strength from the comments that we had earlier in the week from the New Zealand finance minister saying that house prices uh, were urging the RBNZ to incorporate house prices into their uh, into their remit as far as uh, you know trying to ensure a reasonable stability in that market which has obviously been on a tear um, you know uh, Adrian Orr the governor has been sort of 
to some extent pushing back, saying, well, we already take that into account. And uh, the message from the last MPS that we still have an easing buyer still stands. But obviously, we've seen a big repricing of RBNZ easing expectations in the last few days. Uh, and that, I think, is driving the sort of positive sentiments towards the uh, towards the New Zealand dollar, up, as you say, to that, uh, to that 70 cents level. Now, private capex for Q3 for Australia uh, late this morning. There's a wide variation of opinions about what this is going to show. No, that's right. I'm just looking at the the, the, the range of expectations, I think, goes from sort of minus 6.8 to plus 1.7. Um, so NAB's got a minus 5% forecast, which looks sort of well out of line with the consensus, which is 1.5. But that's, uh, you know, that's the danger of averages, isn't it, really? So uh, very uncertain. Obviously, Victoria, uh, the lockdown is likely to have a big negative impact. Uh, but we think an overall, you know, fall on top of the what we had a 5.9% fall in Q2. Um, but um, let's remember that uh, Q3 GDP is notwithstanding weakness in the investment side of the uh, of the arithmetic. Uh, we still expect that to show a rise of something like 4%, which is really driven primarily by consumption, which is, you know, well over 60% of the economy. So, um, yeah. so weakness in the CapEx numbers isn't going to detract from that story as far as we're concerned. And that's what happens next. Obviously, that really counts. Look, we've got the, uh, the accounts of the EC be October monetary policy meeting out later on today as well but uh, but generally because uh, the US is on holiday it's a fairly quietish day today so I think we'll leave it there for now good sort Ray thanks Phil so on balance not great news today particularly if you are a turkey uh, back again tomorrow morning we're here even though the US isn't for another edition of the morning call on Friday morning I'm Phil Dobby for NAB see you then